Back for more, are you? <laughs> okay, you got it. Welcome back to the program. It is Tuesday. Much to do, much to do. Dan Morin talks tech with us. A lot of uh, questions answered. Restaurant Tuesday, we visit with Georgie Boy, Mr. Mayhe from St. Louis Magazine. We got a schmooze and uh, a guy for who very long time was... Uh, road manager for some of the biggest groups ever. But get this, his first job, his first job was to be the security guy for Queen in the height of their rock and rollness. So um, a movie just out about that Montreal concert when he was, uh, when Walt was there, Walt Verson, he'll be with us a bit later on. But I'm skipping the headlines, folks. Max Foisy and Julie Bach in the room. We're all together in the next three hours. Hope that makes you happy too. Hello, Hi, kids. Everyone. Hello, Mr. Carney. How are you? When you call me Mr. Carney, I always feel like I'm in trouble. Oh. Am I? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Usually. It's, it's a yeah. safe bet. I mean, my money's on yes. But how are you? <laughs> I am not unwell. Thank you so much. Okay, good. Thank you so much. Both the boys made the bus today. That's usually a good sign. And uh, I know you're thinking, so what? Well, their average isn't very good. So usually you have to take somebody at the last minute and drive them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just and, think, uh, next year John will be driving both of them to school. Or will they be going to two separate schools then for a year? Well, they built a separate high school, so they are in different places. Oh. Yeah. You know, so... That's going to be a whole other set of issues, which I will be turning to you for advice on. It's a whole other Oprah, as a friend of mine. Borrowing the car, the gas money, insurance, beep it bop it bop it bop. And I'm still grappling with his John, the older one, his desire to get a job. Yet chores are impossible. Do you pay him for the chores? The difference is he would get paid. Well, we keep them in money. They want something. We give money to buy it. So, yeah, they get paid. They get paid on the board. Mm. Um, But, you know, uh, an employer isn't going to be fine with, yeah, I've had a long day. I just want to have fun and relax. Right. But that's what that's now is a good time to learn that. And one of the jobs that he wants, he wants because his best friend is there. I'm like, it's not like you guys are going to be able to sit around and joke and things. You're going to have to work. Well, You now, might not have the same schedule. In his defense, you and I and Julie, we sit around and joke all day, and this is our job. It is our job. But say Isn't he's working weird? at a restaurant. It's not your job at a restaurant. Well, plus, you know, I, it kind of is. I knew people who work at restaurants. He's going to be hanging out with some people that are older than him that might be doing things that he has not yet been introduced True. to. So you might want to have him work at the church or something. <laughs> I don't know if that's safe either. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of options out there. It doesn't have to be with his friend or not at all. He could have an online job. He could, I don't know. 84126. Let's go to the audience. They know. Yeah. They know, you know the stuff. I'm, I'm so old. I don't remember 
my first job or what I felt. I don't think that's the problem. (laughs) No, what I felt going into my first job. What was my expectation? I, I don't remember. It was a long, long time ago. I want, always wanted to have a job. I just did. I yeah. I did, and then and then I got my job at, at McCann Erickson, hand, handing out samples of new Diet and Mountain Dew. You weren't dressed as a duck then. No, that you was this, later. Well, this was before that. Yeah. And, then, and Connie, no one. Your first job was a was an ice cream shop, right? Or am I thinking somebody somebody else? No, that's Carney Hagendas. Yeah. Right? Okay, I thought so. Uh, first job I was fired from. Not my first job though. Which was. I, I think it might have been selling ads for the Muni program. That's a good one. That was the first job. Hi, have you ever heard of the Muni? Of course you have. (laughs) Would you like to place an ad for others like you to spend money? My name is John Francis. That's actually pretty close. (laughs) I think I sold two. But... uh, that was the first one, but I was, I don't know, 13? I think make them work outside, like in the summer heat, you know, a little dehydration going. Little just manual yeah. labor. go get it, lift it, move it. Nobody cares. Let's, let's go. Let's just that dry them out. Yeah. Wouldn't hurt. Uh, are, what's that? It wouldn't hurt if you ask me. I mean, well, maybe you work at a car wash. I'll that keep you posted. Mm-hmm. You know Really? Yeah, I worked at a car wash. I was probably like 16 or 17, and uh, it was one of those, you know, full-service car washes. So I was in there vacuuming and, like, washing the dash down and everything. It was a lot of work doing the wheels and everything. I I could see uh, you being really good at that because you're very detail-focused. Right. Once I was in there, I was like, wait a minute, this gear shift has to, and these pedals, and yeah, I really, but the cars looked great, but man, it it was tough. What is the weirdest thing you found in a car? The weirdest thing I found in a car back then, a lot of a lot of kids' toys. I guess you know that if anybody has a kid, there's always toys and random stuff. And like one French fry. Yeah, well, there's a lot of food, and uh, but yeah, I, I think kids' toys, random stuff from McDonald's, stuff like that, was kind of nothing too weird. I guess um, nothing untoward or anything that I would find. I think people kind of clean out a little bit before they take it to one of those shops, so. or at least you hope so. But I did realize when I was at that young age. Okay, I don't want to do anything that has manual labor because this is this is tough. This keeps you in school. Yeah, so I thought, no, I, mean, I need to do something else. So I I came around to talking. This is a great <laughs> idea on the Michael's Baths text line from the three one four scorekeeper or clock person at basketball games or volleyball games. Yep. They make great money. It's a great first job. It, that is, I think that's a that's a winner. You get to be around the sports people. Yep, you know it's fun and vi- yeah, that's good. What's great money? Any I mean, money, I have no idea. When you're what... starting at zero, yeah. you take what you, it is. And Look you... at that, Julie Buck. When you're starting at zero, I mean, you're a kid. That that you can't be like, well, that's not enough money for me. I'm 12. I mean, you... I was in South Pacific. <laughs> I mean, I I don't. <laughs> what do I know? I guess nothing. I well, that. I mean, you've you've got uh, you've got three of your own. You're uh, you have a seat at the table here. I've you know I've been through it, and and nothing is you know. Nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. But I just there are certain things that I think can be a big deal. And I think that having that first job, as long as it doesn't interfere with the schoolwork, is not a bad idea. Yeah. While we're on the subject, before we go around the room, 
We know Max washed cars. We know that Julie handed out uh, Diet Mountain Dew samples to people. Other than what we do now, and we've all done this a long time, but other vocations that you've had. Me? Or people texting in? No, both of you. Instead of our account for your time, account for your jobs. You know mine, uh, besides the car wash and broadcasting, I've been on radio for more than 25 years now, which is uh, kind of amazing to me, But uh, because some people don't last more than a year. Uh, But the only other job that I've had that I can think of right now uh, would be Blockbuster Video. Worked uh, for Blockbuster for a good long while, made some friends that I'm still in contact with. Now we have a, a texting thread called Blockbuster, uh, and we still keep in touch. And it was, a, it was a great time for me because I loved movies, and I was not doing a movie show yet. So I got to know the people who would come in, and I got to recommend them stuff. And if they liked the movies, they'd come back, and they'd say, where's Max? And they wanted to talk to me about the movie. And hence, Max on Movie was born. Well, it kind of showed me, wait a minute, I, this is a fun thing to, to be able to discuss movies with other film fans. And that kind of, yeah, so it's that's the other job I had. Definitely planted the seed for you. But really, that's it? Yeah, that's I worked, surprising. Well, I, I worked oh my for gosh, a, a, I worked at a bunch of places. A marketing yeah. company. I, I edited uh, video for a marketing company that had a bunch of great clients, like Anheuser-Busch and some other really huge clients that you guys would know. And it was fun editing B-roll for commercials. So I did that for, for a while. Um, hmm. And that was neat. I, I was It was into production for a bit with audio and, and video. And then I got back into radio. I had no idea. It's because I, I, you know I don't talk to you. So, Well, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> Jules, besides the I Mountain mean, Dew? Okay, well, this started with the Mountain Dew, and then we went from there to uh, Gap Kids and the Linen Center. And what was after the Linen Center? Oh, uh, the wedding dress store, the wedding gallery, um, and babysitting for... The Cardinal players, all that stuff, you know, for all those people. Yeah. And working at the tanning salon on Wednesday nights at Modern Fitness. Oh, boy. On Manchester Road. No goggles needed. Did you get free tans? I did. Ah! That's what some of these age spots are. Let's do it. Um, Yeah, free tanning for the rest of your life (laughs) if you'll come up here on Wednesday nights. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, that was, and then I worked at Y98, good and, uh, and as an intern and ended up getting a job there and then Never went on from back. there. But enough about me. What about you, oh, Carney? Corn dog. Well, while you guys are talking, I'm trying to figure it all out. Where was I? What did I do? Um, not in a particular order because I can't remember. Channel um, 11 for me. I got to throw that in there. I was the female voice of Channel 11 for several years. And really? I'd go in once a week and... Record yes for Susie Mayhew. It's a full circle. Would you uh, say coming up the Three yep. Stooges? I'd be like on the next Jerry Springer show. You won't believe it. You won't believe who the father is. Yeah. Stay <laughs> tuned on KPLR eleven. Oh, I want tape, uh, Susie. If you're bullet. listening, I want tape. If they've got some in the archives. Mm-mm. I don't think we do. Uh, oh well. Uh, a lot of restaurant stuff showing up on my list. Um, I worked at a deli in San Francisco called the Belly Deli. Um, I worked at Grassi's cooking food. 
I worked at Balaban's, parking cars. I worked at Big Boy's Restaurant in Wright City. I was a short order cook on the Admiral, making fried chicken. I sold ads for the Muni, um, Hagendas, as we mentioned. Another restaurant called Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. Um, and then everything else has been radio. What was your favorite non-radio gig? Uh, I think Grassi's or Balaban's, kind of where cooking and making food took hold with me. Okay. Well, if you look at our text line, there's some fantastic parenting advice. I believe from people that have been there, done this, have the T-shirt, they know. Somebody from the 314 in the Michaels Bath text line says, I cleaned the Warson Woods Police Department. That's great. You know, really, they could volunteer and you could pay them. I don't know. I may, I may have met them there. And, you know, John's worked, just not necessarily for, for money. He was uh, He volunteered right. at the... Variety Club camp, and he really liked it. And he said, Dad, I, I, I'd love to continue doing this even for free. Well, he could be a camp counselor. Yeah, I he, think they both are are built for that. Uh, if you're a swimmer, this is also on the text line. You don't need to be that good. Lifeguard or swim instructor desperately needed. Most communities will pay folks to get certified. What an idea. But it seems like lifeguards are becoming more and more a thing of the past, and it's just cheaper to throw up a sign that says swim at your own risk. Oh, I don't know. I I mean, there's plenty of places you can go and join a pool membership, and they, they need lifeguards for sure. And, of course, there's always theme parks as well, like uh, Raging Rivers, Six Flags. They need uh, lifeguards as well. And you don't have – the texter's right. You don't have to be able to swim a quarter mile. Just don't drown. Get in there. Get a kid out. Or blow the you, whistle or yeah, something. Yeah, you've done yeah. your job. Uh, working in the refreshment stand at soccer fields and baseball fields all summer. Apply now through the Parks Department. Oh, yeah. these are great ideas. Great idea. I'm, right, I, I'm printing out the uh, entire <laughs> message board. Like, John, let's have a sit down, shall we? <laughs> I think we shall. Um, okay. I found that interesting. Thanks for sharing, guys. Somebody wants to know on the text line if Carney, if you made that barbecued ham on the Admiral. I don't know. No, I pretty much made fried chicken exclusively because, you know, there were 500 people on board each trip. Some, they all like fried chicken. Somebody else said from the 314, all four of my kids worked at Schnucks. Also a great idea. As a bagger, I think it's a great idea. Another good one. People used to say working at McDonald's because they have such a, uh, not necessarily stringent, but organized policy on how they do things. But I, I don't hear that much anymore. You know, Rachel McAdams, Oscar-nominated actress, she worked at a McDonald's for like four years. Yeah. So there you go. But I think it's different is it, now. Is it me? Is it me or uh, am I on to something here? Parents and other people don't talk about that and brag about that as being the best way to pick up 
vocational values. Maybe it's just lost the the newness. I mean, back in the early 80s, hey, I got a gig at McDonald's. Now it's just kind of like wallpaper. Ooh, this is getting good on the Michael's Bath text line from the 314. Ted Drews will pay college education. Wow. Now somebody else just said Ted Drews also on the text line. So that, now that, to me, if I'm John Carney, I'm going, I'm looking that up. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm all Carney, about I'm, college. Jules. I mean, if Ted Drew will pay for your will pay for your college education. So if you're John Carney, you're thinking about Ted Drews. If I'm John Carney, I'm taking a break. Oh, got it. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. And if I'm a Ted Drews, I'm giving people McGraw Concretes. That's the vanilla with vanilla and some vanilla. It's 1227. Uh, We're going to hang out if it's all right with you. And we are fueled by our sponsors, uh, companies that probably I couldn't work for. Like, for example, Allen Roofing. Do you yeah, see me nah. on a ladder? Do you see me on a roof? I don't. I yeah. see you on the ground, really. Yeah. I, I could. Ah. Oh, that that's a job I forgot. I work for a company that wash windows on high rises downtown. <laughs> And I was the guy that sat on the ground by the orange cones and said to people, excuse me, don't walk there, because there were people 60 feet up washing the windows. I'm sure you were paying attention. Yeah, of course I was. And uh, yeah, Alan Roofing probably wouldn't hire me other than to do this, which I'm doing. And uh, it's easy, certainly, to endorse them, considering my roof was built by them in this house and my last house. And when it's time for repairs, even though they're doing giant commercial jobs and whole neighborhoods and are preferred roofers of many of the biggest builders in town, if you've got a little house and a little problem, they will treat it the same and they will be there to make sure that your investment is secured. Allen Roofing, find them online at aroofing.net. Carney Show, welcome back. I truly, truly appreciate all the input on the Michael's Baths text line at 84126. Uh, some great ideas for jobs. For my kid and other kids, a caddy, I hadn't thought about that. My oldest in the golf. Um, That'd be great for him. One of mine did that. Yeah, that would be cool. My grandson got a job as a checker at Schnooks. As I looked down the list, I think every listener worked at Schnooks. <laughs> or their kid. And then somebody else saying that not only did their kids work there, but they went to school during the day and that Schnooks was very nice and worked around their schedule. Uh, hey, Carney, are there any giveaways today? I don't know. They let me actually don't let me hold on to anything. So uh, I wouldn't nix the restaurant job. It's fun to be with your friends while you're working. I had a great time. However, I get what you said, Julie, about the older kids being there. Could be a bad influence, especially if they have a lousy work ethic, drinking, drugs involved. That's the sad part. But don't they risk exposure to those people just walking out the door? Yeah, I, I think it might I mean, be a little more prevalent in different no, industries. Right. So, don't go into radio. 
I mean. Is that the takeaway? I, Stay off the maybe. air. I mean, I wouldn't go into radio anyway. I, you know. You don't want Oscar to end up on the radio. Listen, my dad told me not to get into radio, and here I am, and I tell Oscar that, so who knows? I mean, Carney's You and me, is, brother. Yeah, exactly what happened. Same my thing. dad never told me anything like that. It was just like, you just, you do you. My mom was more of the influencer on that kind of thing than my dad. He just was like, kind of believed in everybody figuring it out for themselves. And everybody eventually did. I just picture that father-daughter talk where he sits down with you. While smoking. his... Puts his hands on your shoulders and says, lucky lady in the seventh. <laughs> that could be. Yeah, we, I had a, an interesting uh, an interesting childhood. I'll say <laughs> that. Yeah. I was I think casinos did, and dog really. tracks yeah. and horse races, and we, we all, all did. did. I mean, I, did you guys ever go to a high lie <laughs> gambling match? Because I, I did a couple times. Mm. Oh, you know, I mean, everybody has... A story, but ours seems to be, all of ours seem to be particularly unusual. Max is going to rock concerts at five and six years old. Yep. Pop's taking you to the track and all the ballparks in the country. And leaving um, me at the table in Vegas when I yeah. was 12, but I'm okay, Dad. <laughs> Did you learn how to play back blackjack? I did actually. I was pretty well, good there you at it. Go. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a craft. Mm-hmm. And I had an apartment. So I mean we all kind of had a weird weird way to go. Or did we? Out. I mean I don't know do we just think that. I mean if you go to somebody else's office there's three people that talk about how weird their childhood was. I mean maybe we just think that it is because that we're the center of our own lives. And I think, too, when you watch movies and you watch television, they give you this uh, sanitized idea of what a family is supposed to be Yes. Like. And I don't know anybody in my life who had, like, a Cosby Show family or a Daddy Knows Best family. Growing just, Pains. I wanted it, my dad to right, be Alan Thicke same, from Growing Pains. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but also in the 1950s, people were like, wow, leave it to Beaver. That wasn't households either. You had alcoholism and you had divorce and you had these, you know, uh, but they didn't show you that on TV. So I think this idea, wow, I had a weird childhood. I think everybody's childhood was super weird. You got to wonder where the stereotypical family that we see on television, where that came from, if, uh, as you pointed out, Max, it really never happened. I think it's kind of state propaganda. It's kind of the American government going, here's what your family should but look like. But hold on. Your family kind of looks like that. You're, you, Max. Oh, I mean, my. You, you and well, your yes. wife and your son. I mean, you guys are pretty. We are. Leave it to be. But, oh, man, we had to work at that. Right. It's sort of like we're kind of rebelling against both of our families by being very leave it to beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Including his wife vacuuming with the vacuum he bought her she on Valentine's Day. This she woman loves, loves, loves to vacuum. The vacuum. Are you kidding me? I, I, Are you did you let her I just for Valentine's her, Day, did you let her vacuum? No, the other day I said, Do you still love the vacuum? And she said, Yes. It's a nice vacuum. How about a duster for our anniversary? <laughs> what do you think? Lucky girl. I want to stay true to form and throw something something absolutely unrelated into the conversation because that's pretty much what I do. And then we'll go back to uh, the job and family talk. Um, 
I was reading the Washington Examiner this morning, and there's a story that gave me a little trivia I was completely unaware of and didn't even realize that I cared. Uh, Joe Biden, the president, his frequent use of the shorter ladder while boarding Air Force One apparently has raised some eyebrows. Then my question quickly became, there's a tall and a short ladder for the plane? It's true. There's two ladders that the president uses before getting on Air Force One. One is longer and allows the president to board on a higher point on the plane, while the other one with fewer steps obviously allows boarding on a lower point. What? Why? The door's where the door is. Well, they have more than one door, right? Well, don't they? Don't they always get in the front? I mean, I think when they use the taller ladder, that's quite a hike for him. So yeah. that must be a lower entry point. Yeah, and then he doesn't. And it's it, also it reduces why, the risk of fall. It's also why there's a secret service agent at the bottom of the staircase, and pretty much always has been, to catch them from falling. Donald Trump used the shorter ladder when there was bad weather. Heck, I would use the short ladder. Me too. I'm I wouldn't want to blow my knee out. Yeah, I didn't know they had two different sites. We paid for it too. Let's get you a red one and a blue one <laughs> and a green one. I don't know. Um, another interesting thought in a conversation I had about speaking of the president um, a lot of the conversation being about their age, that, you know, Biden showing his age more than anybody else. But, you know, Trump's no chicken either. And somebody said to me, how come there's no maximum age? You got to be 35. We go through this every time we get a, an old president. Like I, in the Reagan era, we had that. George Bush, the older George Bush, we we talked about this. This is, And it's just another issue that we come back to time and time again. You guys are not going to believe this, but last night over dinner at my very Leave it to Beaver house, we, <laughs> we tried to do something that Oscar has christened the dinnerly question. Yeah, That's so cute. I know. And so we, we take the turns. dinnerly question. The, on who comes up with the dinnerly question? And last night it was Oscar's turn. So he said, uh, if you had an age limit to become president, what would the age be and when does it take effect? And we and we all talked about this for a while over dinner, our dinnerly question, and we came to the conclusion that 80 would be a good cutoff, but you would have to be 79 on Inauguration Day, January 20th. So if you were 77, you couldn't run. Because you you would have to be seventy nine mm. on inaugur- inauguration day. Now, how many great presidents would that have gotten rid of? If I you look know. back in history, like I think that two. would be an interesting exercise. We haven't had these are the oldest presidents we've, we've ever, had. ever had. So maybe yeah. maybe none. I mean, I mean, I'd like to see a younger guy get in there or gal thirty five. No, no, no. Kennedy I mean, like a like a fan, right? Like yeah. a Kennedy esque with young children at the White House. And how old was Kennedy? He was like forty one. Mm, he was pretty young. young. Yeah. Late 30s, early 40s, something like that. But I thought it was an interesting question, and I can't believe, John Carney, that you have brought it up right now. And we were discussing it last night, and I wasn't even at your house for dinner. The dinnerly question. But, I mean, 
I get that 35, that makes sense, but there should be an age. And I know mental acuity it always comes into the conversation. Like there are lots of elderly people who really have it together. But I think there's I there's physical... Hello. Hello. Shout out to someone in particular. <laughs> there's so much traveling involved that the physicality of it I should eliminate somebody after a certain age. Uh, it's called age discrimination, I do believe. Well, yeah, to run our country, I'm kind of for it. Do we have age limits on anything else? Because driving would be competency, correct? You can still take the test. So I wonder if we have an age limit on anything else under the sun. 84126, let me know. Then why don't we have a competence, competency test for being the leader of the free world? Because too. it just yeah. invites... Well, too fixable. Hey, it's the opposing party. They say I'm not fit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm not sure who I'd trust exactly. to say yeah. yay or nay. But, you know, if they do it for the driver's license and can get away with it, I'm not sure whoever makes that call. Not everyone gets away with it. Nah. <laughs> I can't find the keys. That's the only problem. <laughs> oh, man. We're so oh, mean. boy. Let's take a break. We're going to be in trouble. Come back with schmooze. Okay, Michael's Baths text line, I don't know if it's ever been this busy. So thank you, Michaels, for doing that. And I think a lot of people owe you a debt of gratitude because now they enjoy taking a shower in the morning or they love climbing into the tub with the jets on it, maybe some bubbles. The turb. To relax after a stressful day. And if your bathroom's not set up for these things, why not? Michaels does this, and they've done it for over 30 years. They guarantee their work. They're fast. They're clean. They're affordable. And there's financing available. No reason. No reason why you don't have what you want in a place where you spend a fair amount of your time. Find them online, michaelsbass.com. And again, thanks for the text line, guys. It is uh, 1246, back in a flash. Okay, so did you all hear this story last week about Hoda Kotb and Kelly Rowland yes. and how Kelly Rowland was supposed to host... The third hour of the Today Show yes, with Hoda when with Jenna Hoda. Bush was out oh, for the day. Yeah. And she didn't like the size of her dressing room. Now, they're in Rockefeller Center. They're at 30 Rock. It's an old building. The Today Everything Show around there is very small. Notoriously small green rooms. They're, they're kind of known that if you're a celebrity and you go on the Today Show, you're going to be in a broom closet. But Kelly was co-hosting, and I think she thought, I'm getting the Four Seasons treatment. Turns out, no. And she bolted. She left. She left she Hoda went. without a co-host. And I will say this. Today, Hoda decided to address this on the show. Who does that? And sometimes Hoda is so nice that this is not going to do Hoda any favors. Because now she's saying, I love Kelly Rowland so much. She's welcome to come back anytime. But, no, she's not. <laughs> that is so rude. It's so rude. No. Yeah. No. I don't think. Hoda says, I adore her. And I want her to come back on our show. And I want her to host again. 
no. I think if you are that rude and you walk off on somebody like that, yeah. then no, it's it's a no-go. Carney, I have had it with my accommodations here. I'm walking off the show. He doesn't, Bye. He doesn't like his desk. <laughs> um, you need any boxes or anything? That's not nice. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. This is all about nice. Do you here. guys like to watch people fall on stage? Yes. Well, Madonna hits the boards during her show uh, in Seattle on Sunday, and it doesn't seem like this was her fault, but she was sitting in a chair when one of her dancers came from behind, leaned on the chair, and started dragging it across the stage. But the dancer slipped, and they both went down and hit the pavement. She played it off well, and she continued to pretend to sing for the audience as her pre-recorded track never skipped a beat. Oh, no. It was an hour and a half after she was supposed to fall down. I mean, if it's going to be a recorded tape anyway, then just let's just put on a CD and forget about it. Exactly. Hilaria Baldwin. I believe you know her. A cucumber. Uh Uh-huh. She's allowing her oldest daughter, Carmen, who's 10, to wear full face of makeup. And she's bragging about it on social media. The mom is bragging about date night with my first baby. She did our makeup. Yes, she did. And people are ripping her for it. If you're a fan of Peanuts, there's no doubt you're familiar with Charlie Brown's friend Franklin. Up until now, there hasn't been much of a backstory on his character. But now there's a new special streaming on Apple TV called Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin. And it's all about how Franklin joined the group. In case you didn't know, Franklin was the first Black Peanuts character. Charles Schultz drew him in 1968 following a suggestion from a white female schoolteacher in Los Angeles. So my question is this. We are now getting the backstory on Franklin, and uh, Charles Schultz has been dead for like 20 years. So is it really who he thought Franklin should have been? Well, it's all fiction, so it's going to be okay. (laughs) They're not real people? No. I didn't want to ruin your life, but yeah. 34 years ago today in 1990, Young MC won Best Rap Performance for This Beauty, Bust a Move. Just an excuse to play it, really. You're dancing, aren't you? I am. No? Nobody's feeling it? Come on. Let's go. This here's a jam for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell. And you know all the words, too, don't you? I do. Sadly, I do. 27 years ago, Ben & Jerry's introduced a new flavor called Fish Food. P-H-I-S-H. Named after the group Fish. One of my faves. The food, not the uh, band. Uh, Rihanna's 36 today. Gosh, that is so young. 36? For all that she's accomplished. Oh, oh. Uh, Trevor Noah is 40, Brian Luttrell, the Backstreet Boys is 49, Cindy Crawford, friend of the show, is 58, Charles Barkley is 61, tonight on TV, really nothing great other than Vanderpump Rules, but I'm, I don't know, it's a little stale, the old scandal at this point, but we do have homemade jokes, should we wait until after the top of the hour news to get to those, or should we yeah, go to them? A- there's a fair amount of news to get to. Yeah, so we could always do a live endorsement instead. You know. Oh, yeah. Y- yes, we actually could. I, in fact, during the, the last news break, I was on uh, Wally's page and looking at Walter Nolan and what they got going over there. And Wally's uh, leading the charge, thinking about spring. 
And you can actually find on their site, WKF.com, what they have in store for the spring collection. Now, these are flowers if if you are a plant person and have a lovely flower bed and things. You don't have these right now, but you can get them. I mean, they've got orchids and just beautiful arrangements uh, and colors that just explode out of the boss centerpieces. Uh, a lot of purples, a lot of red, pink, yellow, green, just beautiful. Um, and, you know, Valentine's Day is over, but roses are always welcome. I mean, nobody ever got some roses and went, it's not Valentine's Day. What did you do? Um, check out something on the page. It's called the Magnificent Twelve. And they've got a dozen roses but there's several other plants intermixed with it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So why not get that for someone you love or for yourself? Say, I'm sorry. I'm saying, I'm thank you. Say, I want a job. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Find it all online from the people that know flowers. Walter No Flores online, WKF. Com. Again, our text lines are going insane. Uh, and even though we moved the topic a little bit, talking more and more about the age of presidency and should there be a, a cutoff on the top end, a lot of examples being put forward, like, you know, the limit. You know, when you're in Menudo, you get kicked out at 17. Carney Show, welcome back. It is 107 on a Tuesday. We'll bring you some Restaurant Tuesday in a bit and uh, catch up with George Mayhew. A lot going on and sad news in the restaurant world that we'll get to a little bit later. And also we'll dive back into the text line because you folks have been downright chatty today. Don't you think, kids? I do. Yeah. Am I a kid? Thank you. Well, compared to me, you are, sure. I love having that first hour completely open. I think the noon hour of the Carney Show being a time to talk to the audience on the Michael's Bath text line. Sound off. Yeah, sound off. It's a great thing. We do account for your time where we get to talk about ourselves and our past, and then we get to talk to them. And then the rest of the show, we have interviews with the best and brightest, or at least those that were available. And, of course, the regular segments that people love, like Restaurant Tuesday, coming up soon with George Mayhew. What show is this? It sounds great. Right? Yeah, I can sell them. That's it's for sure. It's the Carney Show. <laughs> On paper. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, Classic Air Care thinks enough of what we're doing that they're one of our sponsors. And I will tell you this, if you've got to replace your HVAC system, here's the newsflash, it's expensive. Not cheap at all. But what you might not know is that Classic Air Care is offering 0% interest for 18 months. Not bad. Not bad. And your furnace, very important right now. If you think about it, it not only the warmth aspect, but the air is so dry. You're wondering why your skin's dry or your hair and you get headaches and stomach aches and allergies and can congestion you know i don't want to i don't want to scare you yeah but a, a lot ah, 
a lot of it's got to do with the cold weather. And they could come in and tend to such things with duct cleaning, um, whole home humidifiers and dehumidifiers, uh, air purifiers, all that stuff. They can do it and you'll be surprised the benefits that will come out of it. Give them a call. Ask 314-470-4821, 314-470-4821, or online, classicaircare.com. Now we go to the homemade jokes, fresh out the oven with John Carney. You always say that when I'm hungry. Cookies would be great. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh. We need a sponsor. Julie broke this yesterday that Sylvester Stallone had his daughters go through their own kind of Rocky training. I mean, seriously, he hired Navy SEALs to train them before they moved to New York City because he was worried about them living in New York City. He also was going to teach them how to act, but a little short on that. Couldn't. Did anyone see Cliffhanger? Republicans have been softening their stance on Russia ever since Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election following Russian hacking of his Democratic opponents. Some are saying Russian President Vladimir Putin is holding himself out as an international champion of conservative Christian values. As long as you worship him and let's not come down with a case of dead. The Biden administration says that the government would provide $1.5 billion to the computer chip company Global Foundries to expand domestic production. That law enables the government to invest more than 52 billion bucks to revitalize the manufacturing of computer chips in the U.S. The president's support for this came after the tech company promised to make a chip that will erase a hard drive. I know what Hunter's getting for his birthday. A parody musical centered on former President Donald Trump and some of the well-known women in his life hitting off Broadway in New York City this month. Musical tells a story about Trump, his wife Melania, his ex-wife Sivana and Marla Maples, daughter Ivanka, and of course Stormy Daniels. The play is called Fake News. It's fake news. Savannah, I didn't know about her. (laughs) What's that? Savannah, I didn't know about her. Savannah? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Was that it? Was was fake news it? No. No, I just wondered why one mispronunciation stopped the train. You might want to think twice before going to the movies on date night. A new study revealing that movie theater seats harboring thousands of bacteria colonies, including mold. I told you. I think you might have. According to a UK-based study, movie theater seats and the cup holders, breeding grounds for significantly more bacteria 
than the average toilet seat. Stop it. This is I why you wear a hoodie. Believe, I don't believe And Max on movies. Ew. The research indicates a staggering presence of 1,864 bacteria colonies on an average movie theater seat. seat. Oh, you hear about that too. 135 on a toilet seat. 1,864 to 135. I mean, I question the accuracy, though, of this study as the only theater they checked out was the one that Pee Wee Herman went to. Um, lastly. Lastly. Wow. Figured that would elicit an exciting response. Lastly. Lastly. I'm so lastly, excited. Francis Howell School District announced that they will be closed and students will learn remotely today and tomorrow due to unexpected network activity. According to a letter sent out to families on Monday, the school district said they observed unexpected activity within their network that disrupted computer systems, including those that are critical for teaching and keeping students safe. Mostly it's because they're trying to change their email from Francis Howell at AOL.com. Just I like feel you, your pain. You, yeah, you should call them. I feel your pain. Wait, I don't I understand s- this. What? So all the show? Not well. That's a whole nother Oprah. But the 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 fact that these kids are not going to school because of computer problems, or is it like what's the real story? I feel like that's a I don't know written by their. PR agency or something. Get Elliot Davis over there. Well, I'm so much of what you do in a classroom now is internet based, correct? So if you But how can any... they do Zoom learning if they can't work their computers? It's a great question. Yeah. I, it is. And it didn't go so well the last time. Well, and perhaps too a network issue could be a hacker, somebody gaining access to computers, cameras maybe that's not safe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know either. I'd anyway. like to know. That's everything that's going on in the world, as far as I know. Um, George is working his way in. A little Restaurant Tuesday talk. And uh, no eatery today on the program, but I will tell you, I think, is it next week Mr. Meowski's coming in? Um, I Is it next week, Max, that Mr. Meowski is coming in? The uh, bread it is people? next Tuesday, yes. Next Tuesday. I heard back from him. He's very excited. You will understand why I'm fanatical about their sourdough bread. Do you think they'll bring it in or it'll be warm? Warm Uh, Well, weirdly enough, we have a toaster in the kitchen. I'm not sure anyone uses it, but we have one. Okay. I would microwave it. I know that that sounds wrong, but just like for five seconds. You know what? He probably knows the best way to reheat it. I I grill it, so Uh who knows? I don't think we have a grill at this station. More unrelated stuff having nothing to do with anything. I guess it's not surprising, but I never really thought about it before. 1974, Blazing Saddles came out. And no, I'm not going to go into, you couldn't make that film today. This article says that of the principles... Only two of the film's main cast are still around. That's sad. Mm. 
Levon what, what year did that movie come out? 74. I've never seen it. Ah, I know. So offended. I I hold it up as one of the best comedies ever. Gene Wilder, Ditto, Harvey Corman, Madeline Kahn. It's down to Burton Gilliam, who you may not know by name, but he certainly made his mark in several scenes, including the the beans around the fire, if you know what I'm talking about. And Mel Brooks, the main movie, and played a bunch. Those are the only two left. You need to watch that, Julie. I know. If you I do. tell Crusher that, he'll have that on the TV immediately to watch. He just hasn't thought of it yet. I finally got my wife last weekend to sit down and watch The Godfather. Yeah. You. If you watch the, what is the other show that they that they just did, uh, The Offer, about The Godfather, it almost makes it more interesting to watch The Godfather if you've never really watched the whole thing. It seems to me, and we do have Max on movies here too for some keen film insight. It seems to me everything after The Godfather Part Two that they tried to make spinning off Mario's story has been awful. Three, uh, The Sicilian, and I, I believe there were a couple others, and nothing rang. Nothing held my interest. What's the one you're talking about, Julie? The Offer. It's all about the making of The Godfather. It's really interesting. Oh, I remember. And, and, and it's fictional, a... but it's but it's based on a true story. And it's really, I, I think, so well done. Did, did you watch watch that, Max? I didn't, uh, but I for my birthday a couple years ago, my dad got me Francis Ford Coppola's notebooks. It's his diaries while he was making it, uh-huh. and it's unbelievable the the amount of uh, the creative choices and everything as far as casting and different storyboards for. Scenes. I think you of all it's people would nuts. love. Yeah, it. I heard good things about it. It was about the, the the troubles that the producers had as far as putting it together, and the book was not a very well respected book, kind of a trashy little book. And Coppola was kind of in director's jail at the time, and he was like, fine, I'll do this. He, turns out it's one of the greatest American movies of all time. Yeah. 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 Now, would you agree that one and two pretty much interchangeable, and then after that, forget about it? No, no, forget I wouldn't. About it. Okay. Why? You like three? You know, I didn't mind the theatrical version of three back in 1990. Uh, I thought that the ending was a little weird. And it takes a while to get going. Coppola has gone back. He's been re-editing a lot of his films, like Cotton Club and Apocalypse Now and The Outsiders. And he did that with Godfather Part Three, which now he calls The Godfather Coda. And this new version of it, which you can find pretty much anywhere, you can rent it digitally, is a much better version. It's uh, maybe not the masterpiece that the first two are, but it's still a, a very good ending to to the story. And Sicilian has nothing to do with Godfather. It's another Mario Puzo, but it has nothing to do with the actual Corleone story. Oh, I thought it did. My bad. And I don't know. I mean, you could probably get it online. They don't sell a lot of DVDs in, in retail outlets, but the it, it was an anniversary edition or a collector's edition that had Godfather 1 and 2, and there was a bonus reel, and that uh, DVD was Talia Shire's home movies. I mean, she obviously prominent in the film, had the insight to carry her little camcorder around as they were making these cinematic masterpieces. And 
it's amazing. The version that's really hard to find now, as we are all in the digital age, but they used to have it on VHS. I'm not sure if it's ever been remastered since then, but they made a special edit for television. And it's called The Godfather Saga, and it is a completely re-edited version of 1 and 2 in a chronological order. And it makes for an entirely different view. Godfather Saga was ever signed off on by the creatives, and so I think it's kind of a curio that's a little hard to find now. So is that so they take the flashbacks out and put them in the front of the movie? That's exactly right, John Carney. Wow. Um, I watched a movie where they did that once, Memento, and that just confused me even more. But that's not a hard thing to do, really. So, all right, your homework, Julie, Blazing Saddles. I'm, I'm dying to know what you think. Well, I'm going to have the, the little kids for like four yeah, days. Yeah, so maybe not. So no, that's not the you time. You think they'll love it? Wait till they're asleep. I'll be asleep yeah. when they're asleep. That's a, that's a bedtime flick for sure. Do you think that's uh, Mel Brooks's best film, John Carney? Because I'm not even sure it would be in my top five, Mel Brooks. Seriously. I would, yeah, I would go Blazing Saddles and uh, um, Young Frankenstein. Wow, not in your top five. Silent Movie was wretched. <laughs> um, Life Stinks was wretched. Um, I'm not sure I can name that many more. Oh. Uh, History of the World, pretty good movie. But that's all I got. Uh, I'm stunned. I, yeah, it's not in I, your top I, five. I think Young Frankenstein is my favorite Mel Brooks. And then number two might be High Anxiety, which is a, a wonderful parody of Hitchcock films. And I love Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock anyway. So High Anxiety is really underrated. Um, and then, you know, I like Spaceballs, but I love Star Wars. So that's a nice parody. Um, let's see. What else? There's a big one that I'm missing right now. Oh, the, the producers. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, the producers. And then maybe Blazing Saddles. Okay, I'll take it. Julie got more homework than I thought. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'll have to get right on that. Restaurant Tuesday coming up, and your trusted Midwest food supplier is going to food service. And you hear a lot of companies saying, hey, we been servicing the area for 30 years we've been around 40 years kuna food service started in 1918 wow i'm thinking was there even food back then and there was and there were restaurants and there have been challenges all along the way with the uh swinging price of of pork and with chicken and the availability of some things and then covid uh Big shot to the gut for a lot of restaurants. And during all of these unforeseen potholes, Kuna Food Service has been there for the restaurants, providing advice, some help, product. They've even designed restaurants for some people. So when I think full service, I can't think of any company that does more of that than Kuna. And they still have time to sponsor Carnival. So shout out to the Bippins 
and all that. And if you have an eatery and you don't use Kuna Food Service, well, consider that. KunaFoodService.com. That'll give you kind of an outline of what they've done, what their services are, and more. They could do nothing but help you. Okay? Okay. It's, uh, I sound, I sounded like them, you people. Okay? Okay. Have you ever seen that, Julie? No. I feel so out of touch with the 70s. Wait till you meet the host of them, you people. You oh, yes, I go- have. Yes, I have. I'm sorry. I have heard of the guy that's t- dressed t- up t- like a king. I t- yeah, I told okay, Max. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry. I totally have. And he's on an emo Bring story. him in. Bring him in with his scepter. Uh, it's 126. So they sponsor Restaurant Tuesday. Not them, yo, people, but Kuna Food Service. And a chat with George Mayhew. Coming up in a couple. Don't leave. I like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. Just peel the skin off. Oh, see? you want me to take the skins in yeah, off of it? The skins in. And does everybody understand you? I mean, do your kids no, understand you? No, they don't. I open that door so slowly, take a peek up north and south. Then I pull out a hostess Twinkie and I pop it in my mouth. All right, let's get Restaurant Tuesday underway. And I kind of got lost in reading messages on the Michael's Bass text line. We, we owe you a lot of answers and things to your questions and comments, and we'll get to them. I'll go back and read some of those, and they go by so fast. There's there's things you asked a little while ago that are like four pages back, but we'll get there. But, you know, George Mayhew's here now, so I think that's the most important I thing. I do, too. Thank you so much. He's been waiting I've been patiently. Snoozing, and snoozing away waiting for you. Well, at your age, it's important That's you right. get those no, naps no, in. Five-minute nap was good. Hi, John. <laughs> those are the best. So I'm really sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would agree. Yeah, you, I feel the compassion. You want us all to comment on that? Go ahead, Max. You first. Okay. I thought I, I thought I'd just wait. <laughs> Julie's making I, notes. I, I'm, uh, I've got plenty to say, but yeah, we can I talk about bad. restaurants first if you want to. End of story. I just feel bad. No, I did not realize that the original and the final Culpepper's in the Central West End on Maryland and Euclid where I spent a lot of time, is gone. It's closed. Well, I'm heartbroken. Now, now that one, the original one, closed in 2019 when the when the chess cl- when the chess club moved in there. The one that I was referring to is the one in St. Charles. Where actually, I never even went to that one. That's the final one. There were five at one time. Which there oh, was I'm, one by Fridays on right two seventy and all. Yeah. There was Euclid. Uh, Euclid's been gone all that time. Euclid in Maryland has been gone huh. all that time. But yeah, but that was the one that that most of us remember. That was just so cool, right there on that corner, those floor to ceiling windows. That's probably. I mean, at the time, it was the coolest restaurant corner in the city. One of the I best think. salads I ever had in my life. It, just the cheese. Mayfair. The Mayfair. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Good. It was so good, and it was always bone chilling cold. And they mm-hmm. made it in a in a stainless bowl. And they kind of tamped Chopped it. it yeah, they, they, they tamped it down a little bit. And then yeah. they put the plate on. And they kind of flipped it over so it had this little kind of round top to it. Do you remember that? Cheers it was... to the dome. 
The dome Those are salad. details right there. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I get it. it I just, just remember, and that's, I put this in the article. Do you remember going back when you had to use the restroom? It was a unisex restroom, which in the 70s what? and 80s was not a thing. Went through the corner of the kitchen. Yeah, and you went through the corner of the kitchen where... It was like this little galley kitchen. There's three or four people tossing wings in those stainless steel bowls, you know, flipping them, flipping them up, flipping them up. Like like I said, like a saute guy works a saute pan. It's the same motion. I just remember, and then you're, and you got to like run through there because your eyes are stinging from the hot sauce that they're putting into the air. So anyway, I just remember it so, so well. Um, I, I referenced what I call the Culpepper's theory, where I think all restaurants should do this. They had 12 items on the menu, and every one of them was perfect. Yes. Spot on perfect. And it's like, amen. that's all you need to do. I mean, Louis does it, Wright's Tavern, all these, there's places in town that do it, and you don't have to be all things to all people in this place, Skullpeppers. They pretty much, you know, they were what they were, and, and they pretty much didn't care what anybody thought. Um, do you remember the sign in the window that said they prefer to serve not to serve children under 12? I do remember yeah. and, that. And one of my favorite things that, that I remember, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it, it went something like this was at the bottom of the menu. No separate checks, no personal checks, no orders to go. We do not split orders. No, we don't have cups of soup, and we don't care if it's your birthday. Yeah. Oh. And, they, and they put that on the menu, and how can you not like a place like that? I do remember Rest the in sign. Peace, Culpepper. Yeah, and isn't it the place that it's the first place I had a chicken wing? I don't know if they it's brought the it to place, St. Louis. Uh, I I've done a little bit of research, and the research that that I came up with said yes, that was the first place. First place I ever had a, a chicken wing, and it was very, very simple. There was no breading, there was no smoking, there was no. Uh, you know, battering or anything. They fried those wings. They fried them crispy, and they tossed them in a in a, a, a orange sauce that reputedly was was a hot sauce and margarine. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's supposed- is that close to the Sportsman's Park? Yes. Toss. Yes. Yeah. I think so. And it was just so simple. But boy, those things were crispy and hot and perfect. And uh, you know, the club sandwich and that cream of artichoke soup. There was a mm. couple things there that were just just really good. Anyway. Um, in my article to my ode to Culpeppers, there's a couple other, let's just say, amusing quotes that we can't repeat on the air. But this this article <laughs> is worth a read for sure. But um, I'll miss it. I'll miss Culpeppers. Um, and it it had me I'm thinking sad too, about John. It. I know you are. It had me had me thinking about my days running up and down Euclid uh, all day and well into the night. Dressel's was another haunt, and the pub above spent a lot of time there. But apparently Ben, who's still running the place, is changing it up, and it's not going to be a Dressel's anymore? No, it's Dressel's. It's Dressel's for sure. But what he did, he was, you know, when the pandemic hit, he closed like everybody else did, and he was really took a long time to open back up. And he said, you know, as long as uh, I've, we've got all this time, I am. He was thinking about doing this before. He decided to open a brew pub in the like the lower level of Dressel's. It's something that he's always wanted to do. Brew beer on site. He talked to some of his friends in Colorado that said you can easily do this. And you know you don't have to sell beer to everybody. Just just do it for yourself. Just do it for for in house. And and that's what he did when he reopened. 
there is this just giant hole cut in the floor, and you can see down to the to the microbrewery downstairs. And it's called uh, he called it Rock and Horse Brewing Company. Uh, he's a rock climber. His wife loves horses. Rock and Horse Brewing Company. So oh, that's adorable. Isn't that cute? So I I'm, I I know he's brewing beer. I, I think it's off site at this point. I don't know that 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 part of it is open yet. But the restaurant is, and the bar is. And it's it's very much the same as it was before. It's a little more contemporary. A little things have been switched up a little bit, but um, you know the same. John, all those things you remember are still back or back on the menu. I should say the soups and the stews and the the lamb burger and the porchetta sandwich and the fish and chips. All those things that everybody remembers is anyway. It, the place looks great. And, and it's just, it's a little slicker looking, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's it's very sharp. So anyway, Dressel's is back, and, and we look forward to, you know, when they're going to start brewing the beer on site. That'll be awesome. And speaking of opening back up, I saw that uh, our friends over at the Shave Duck are reopening after, uh, I think it was a fire, but they've been down a year. Yeah, I think it was, it, it was at least a year. I think it was a... I'm not sure if it was a fire, or if it was a, a a broken pipe and a flood, but it was a disaster, an interior disaster of some sort. And I didn't realize that when they reopened, they did it very, very quietly. Didn't tell anybody. Uh, I kind of heard about it, but I I didn't follow through with it. I did follow through with um, uh, with Ali Nisbet, who I thought owned it, but Ali Nisbet sold it to several other guys. So that really? was that's the news. So there's there's new owners there. Um, same same uh, you know the same format, the same great smoked wings and, and and barbecue stuff. So yes yes they're they they they've reopened and they do you know live music a couple days a couple nights a week there. Um, haven't been back there since, but I can't wait to do it. I don't know when the word fusion came into the culinary arts, uh, and it's kind kind of weird. I mean, I, it's, I it's been batted around a little bit. It was cool for a while, and then it was it, you couldn't say the word because it was uncool. And now it's kind of drifted back into the to the culinary vernacular. How's that for a couple of fancy? And words I think it together? gives it, it gives license to Pretty a impressive. restaurant to do really whatever the heck they want to do. Um, it is so Chef's, Chesterfield. Chef's is a place in Chesterfield. You're going to help me with this. Yeah, Amrut Fusion. Amrut Fusion. Yes, and it's. It's, Indian fusion it's food. Indian, and I, I, I've just read about it. I haven't been out there, but it's got me intrigued because it's fusion food. It's a, it's a. They, what they're after is a, uh, a finer dining, you know, higher end Indian experience, uh, experience. But they, but they want to appeal to. They really are, are shooting, shooting wide. They said, how many times you take a kid to an Indian restaurant and they they can't find anything they like. So they said, you know what, we're going to put some stuff on the menu that, that, that kids like. So they've got pasta and, and burgers and, and, you know, kid-friendly things. And they said, we've got, you know, burgers and spaghetti and sandwiches. We, we have it all here, but they're putting an Indian twist on it. And I thought, well, that's a great idea, but that's going to take the kids right out of it again, I think. But anyway, I I, I can't wait to to check it out. They've got uh, some pasta with some Italian influences, and they've they've got really? pasta with with Indian influence. They've got tikka masala pasta. They've got peri peri pasta. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm I'm intrigued what they're doing out out there, and uh, it's got uh, on top of that. They said. Uh, 
I think they're calling it a bourbon bar as well. It's like, sure, let's just throw some bourbon into the mix. There's 50, <laughs> 50 bourbons on the back bar, too. So it's a, it's a house of bourbon, uh, fine dining Indian, and bring the kids. You know, you, you gotta love this because there's so much going on. They, they, I read where they don't have um, standard brisket and ribs. They've got lamb ribs and brisket oh. because a lot of South uh, uh, South Asians don't eat beef. So again, all this is just so yeah. it's just really different. Yeah, it's fusion, and you know what? They can really call it fusion because it's it's a little bit of everything. Where is it? Um, it's out in the valley uh, next to Old Spaghetti Factory, between oh, yeah. Cybergs and the Old Spaghetti Factory. So if you know where those are, you'll know where this is. Amrit Fusion. A couple more things I want to bounce off you and find out about what's on our cheats now on the podcast with you and Cheryl. But we got to do a couple things. It's it's one forty-five, and uh, I don't know, Jules, you want to take a run at something and praise one of our clients? Well, of course I do, and the one that I want to praise right now is the Marketplace at the Abbey. They are just west of 141 on Manchester Road, and my mom is going to a little party tomorrow, a little B-Day celebration, and she needed a nice little gift for the birthday girl and a hostess gift for a friend that's throwing the little party. I'm sure Captain Paul will be there, too. And I have major FOMO because I didn't spend the day with my mom today running errands with her. We have... Another friend that's doing that. So the two of them went to the Abbey today because it is the perfect place if you're looking for a special gift for somebody, whether it's a new tote bag or a sweater. I've got to get a baby gift for someone, and I really relish the time that I get to go out to the Abbey and take a look at all their beautiful baby things that they have, beautiful clothes, blankets, even furniture for the baby's room at the Abbey. And then they have things for you that you're going to love, whether it's a candle or a new vase. I just bought new kitchen glasses. You know how, not for my eyes, but for drinks. You know how just after a while stuff just looks like it's been through the dishwasher one too many times. And it's just, there's something, I don't know, that just makes you feel good this time of year. Yeah, like you. That it's just nice to have new fresh stuff, like fresh cups in your cupboard that look like they have not been through a war. I mean, they just, and they have beautiful ones and they were not pricey at all. And they're that, the ones that look like glass, but they're like a, a, a plastic and they're fantastic. I love them. And they've got a whole charcuterie section. They've got custom CR Lane furniture, a gift card, also a great idea over the holidays. I bought Taylor Swift books galore for all the young ladies in my life. All the nieces on both sides, everybody got one, and, and everybody me. loved it, and Max. <laughs> and Max, I got one for Max. I was like, hmm, do I give this to my to my teenage nieces, or do I give this to Max? I think Max deserves Max has a birthday coming up. A great place to shop would be the Abbey for anybody. I'm telling you, it's so much fun. It's definitely a destination just west of 141 on Manchester Road. Find out more and kind of get a little sneak peek at stuff online. Marketplace at theabbey.com. Garnish Show, Restaurant Tuesday, rolling on. George Mayhew with us from uh, St. Louis Magazine and a lot of fond memories and others coming from people on the Michael's Bass text line about uh, Culpepper's. Um, mostly good, but a couple of them, eh, not so much. 
stay late to the party. Um, you know, I got, it, it depends on when you went. It changed over the years. I mean, I love yeah. the original iteration, and then they changed a lot of things. They started, you know, the the menu was all of a sudden two pages long, and right. you know, and they love serving children. <laughs> that they, pork they, steak sandwich was my soup. favorite. Yeah, that pork steak sandwich t- went away pretty early. You didn't on. say it right. The park park the park, park steak, steak sandwich. Um, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about um, the new restaurant, that's the Fusion, Indian Fusion, and you mentioned peri-peri. Isn't peri-peri an African spice? Yeah, yeah, it's an African, uh, I think they call it a bird's eye pepper too, but yeah, it's used a lot in Indian cooking as well. I just P-E-R-I, uh, P-E-R-I, yeah, peri-peri. I just learned of that when I found a chain, and sadly I don't, think they have in St. Louis called Nando's. Um, and I fell in love with that Perry Perry. So I found some bottles and ordered them on the internet. Use did you get them? Because it's hot stuff. I did. It's Literally. wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, all right. Speaking of ethnic food and much going on, arepas, which I think are basically a South American sandwich. Is that fair to say? Yeah. An arepa is just a, a a sandwich it's a round sandwich cake that's uh south america and this is a venezuelan uh restaurant that's opened up called the amazing arepa bar and uh you know they make them out of of maize out of it's it's a smooth maize flour and you can either grill them or fry them or put them on the hot plate or steam them you can do arepas every you know all kinds of ways and then you stuff them with fillings and that's the, that's the key is all the goodies that go in there and I, again this place is is brand new they're they're something that's interesting that that I'll have to check out is apparently the cheese is unusual it's venezuelan cheese and there aren't a lot of places that get into that or 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 can get to it so note the cheese when you have your arepa because it's it's um it's different it's unusual and I can't wait to to check it out but a lot of interesting uh uh Entrees and, and items there. Uh, the folks that, that opened it were had, had been around the you know the farmers markets and the festivals the last couple of years, and now our, the amazing Arepa Bar is, is at the corner of uh, it's at Fourteenth and Washington, in the old Boom Boom Room, one of my favorite named restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like boom boom something room. was going on at the Boom Boom Room. So um, anyway, and they they are all good. they are going to come back to the Tower Gross Farmers Market on on Saturday mornings. Uh, but uh, so it's the brick and mortars open downtown. Um, anyway, looking forward to checking that out. Everybody should. Tears of joy are falling with the announcement from Carl's <laughs> yeah. on Manchester that makes fabulous burgers. And. Uh, What's the news well, from them? And, and it makes fabulous sense. Uh, starting this Sunday, they're going to be open from 11 to 4. And they haven't been open on Sunday. They used to. It, it, long, apparently. Like when my dad was alive. Uh, yeah, we would yeah, go there I, on it, Sunday. But it's been, uh, I, I, the owner told me that it was never open on Sunday. And now mm. I'm hearing that 60, 70 years ago, perhaps it, it was. But anyway, uh they're open again on Sunday, 11 to 4, and uh, they're still closed on Monday. But the goal here is to be open seven days a week from 11 to 7.30. That's where they'd like to, to be. And he said, you know, that's where it should have been in the first place. A place like Carl's, you know, can can do that. It's not like they're going to – they've got this big gaping, 
you know, dining room to fill up. They've got 16 seats, you know, that's pretty, pretty hard to keep those busy uh, all day long, every day. So they're going to do that. And they also said, I thought this was interesting. They used to take a couple week long vacations a year and just shut the place down, which made people mad. So now the <laughs> owner said, you know what? employees take your vacations whenever you want but we're going to stay open 52 weeks a year and just stagger it and just stagger just just like everybody else take your vacation when you want we're not going to force you to take i mean that's what i do yeah and that's just the way it should be (laughs) so uh so anyway that's uh you know carl's is unchanged unchanging and 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 never should so anyway uh that's it's just a great you know happy to see it you know even though they've changed ownership the the Burgers and the shakes and everything are still the same. They're still the same, and 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 that's not going to change. He hasn't changed the portions, the 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 prices. Uh, he said he's only raised prices once in the two and a half years that he's owned it. He's tried to keep a lid on everything, and basically doing this, opening more hours, different days. That's going to help kind of keep a lid on everything, so he doesn't have to uh, resort to raising prices, which is obviously a problem. We all see it every time we go out. Yay. We're up against it, though. Uh, quickly, tell us what's coming up on Arch Eats with you and Cheryl Blair. Oh, uh, um, well, we, we do this every other week. We're still in the uh, most romantic restaurants. We're still in Valentine's mm. mode. I'm oh. talking about the most romantic, but that never goes out of style. Romantic right. Restaurants are Chivalry all, is not it's dead. It's not dead. So anyway, that happened. That'll go until this Friday when we start talking about fish fries, parish fish fries, what mm. restaurants do to counter the parish fish fry. So Cheryl talks about uh, a bunch of different parishes, and I talk about a, a, what the restaurants are doing to, to, to counter that and to, to get on the board there. Great fun, as always. And where can we Fabulous. find Arch Eats? This is Arch Eats, wherever podcasts are found. Just, just It's easy to find. Just Google Arch Eats, and it'll pop up right in front of you. And you still got that magazine thing, right? Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we still can. Yeah, we've got the March issue coming out uh, soon, I believe, and uh, all all is well. All is well. With Georgie, the I feel informed as always when you pop in. I will see you Saturday night at Carnival. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you for reminding me. No, I've got you it written down, John. <laughs> I know we will be there. So looking forward to it. See you then. See ya. Uh, All right. We got a break for news. We'll be back. Corner with Dan Morin. And one of the best introductions on St. Louis Radio as given by Julie Buck just seconds away. Um, Stuart Rosenblum has Stuart's American Mortgage Corp. And it is amazing what he has been able to accomplish for people. People with great credit, sure, it's a lot easier to get them good rates and get them financed. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's me. And he's done magic on that front as well. And constantly coming up with new programs, including one right now where you can get an interest rate that's lower than the prime and what's out there. Because he's banking on things going down. He's taking the gamble. You're saving money. And if he's correct, and he usually is, when it goes down, if it's lower than what he's giving you, he'll go down even farther. So you match the prime. I mean, this is an opportunity no one else is offering. Check it out. Check out the bagel loan, too, while you're at it. Lots of different services they can provide for you. Uh, check online, stewartsamc.com, or give him a ring at 314 314- 
323-224-4440, get some answers, and save some, let's say it together now, money. All right, that sets us up to talk to our tech writer. He is the author of the best-selling science fiction espionage novels, The Baron Agenda, The Mm. Aleph Extraction, and The Nova Incident. His latest thriller, All Souls Lost, is now available. He writes for SixColors.com. He knows it all when it comes to tech stuff. It is the one and only Dan Morin. In my whole life, Danny boy. Hello. In my, in my whole life, I've never had a buildup like that. Yet. I know. But you get it. You get it every week. <laughs> and nobody else on our show gets a buildup like that. I don't know that. why. There's yeah, no, no. Other guest. I didn't even let you know his favorite I, color is green. He yeah. tolerates animals right. and does not participate in Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Yeah, he likes Green Lantern. I appreciate all of it. I'm sorry that it's only a disappointment with all the bills up after that that I, I'm here. It's just yeah, if you it's... ever forget about what you like and don't like, call us because we, we keep a list. Okay, good. Excellent. Maybe we should try You're... to do this with all of our guests, like Marty Kilcoyne hates Kevin Dimoff. Like, I wonder if we could do that with everyone. I don't see it. Uh, late ad <laughs> on the menu for tech. There was a story that kind of stunned me. Because what we've been told is wrong, at least according to Apple. And I think most of us have heard and believe that when you drop your phone and it gets wet, quickly get it in some rice. And Apple's saying, no, no, don't do that. My world is upside down right now. It's funny. This got actually, this story was, I'm going to use quotes here, broken by uh, my former employer, Macworld. Um, and what's funny about it is that for some reason, I don't know why this happened now. They claim this was a new article, and yet I think it is actually just an update of a existing article because this they said this years ago. Um, because essentially, and I've heard this from other sources as well, which is basically there could be very, very small pieces of rice in those bags that could uh, you know, get stuck places in your phone. Um, because they're just, you know, little small particles or they could otherwise damage it, um, scratch things or get stuck and hit like your speakers or your microphone or whatever, which is generally the reason that they recommend against it. Um, there are other options for doing this. Um, as they say, I suggest in some cases is just like, leave it someplace that's dry. Um, a lot of phones obviously these days are also water resistant. Um, so it's less of an issue in many cases. You know, it's not necessarily like, oh, you drop it in the swimming pool and everything's fine. But, like, you can get it wet, and it's usually okay. And some of them are, you know, have some degree of waterproof as well. But, yeah, the rice thing, it will work. I think there's just a risk attached to it. Uh, it's funny. I was visiting my in-laws this weekend, and my mother-in-law had a bag on there that somebody had given her all the little silica gel packets, right, that come in. You're like when you buy shoes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I got a giant bag of that. That's why I just stick my phone in if I ever drop it in some water. It's like, all right, that's one solution. I guess that probably would work. Um, but yeah, there are, there are better ways to do this. Um, I think the rice thing was always kind of one of those hacks that took off, but it's not necessarily the ideal, ideal way to do things, but it'll, it'll work in some cases. You just potentially run the risk of doing some more damage there. And I know the one thing they say for sure is take the battery out as quickly as possible. Is that one valid? 
Well, I mean, you can't do that on most smartphones these days, or at least definitely not iPhones, which don't have removable batteries. Um, So in most cases, you just want to make sure it's off and then try to get it dried out as much as possible um, before turning it on again. So, you know, and again, a lot of light, a lot of recent iPhones, I want to say maybe since the iPhone 7 have some degree of water resistance in them. So less an issue than it was maybe a decade ago. But again, it doesn't mean let's submerge our phones in water and take underwater photos with our iPhone. No, we're, no. we're not, we're not quite there. It's more in the, <laughs> the realm of like, if this is an accident in most cases, you're probably fine. If you're like, Oh, I, I dropped it for a second and it got wet, but I can, I kind of like pulled it out, but it's not designed, I think in general to be used uh, shooting stuff underwater. You still want, there are like cases you can buy that are like waterproof yeah. cases. The waterproofing really is great though. I mean, if you drop it in the sink or if you're caught in a rainstorm, you don't have to worry like you did a decade ago. It's, it, it is really handy. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I have not, it's not the thing I kind of thing I have worried about for many, many years at this point. I toss and turn every night. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I will tell you just for just for fun facts. Um, the current the iPhone 15 is rated IP68, which means it can do a maximum depth of six meters for up to 30 minutes. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, wow. you could take it diving Again, then. I don't know. It's normal. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, and you're and you should not attempt to charge it. Let's be clear. If it gets wet. <laughs> Let it dry off before you plug it in, okay? Okay. I think, good to I know. think if that's if that if you think that's a good idea, you probably deserve a little shock. Uh, six things say. that you didn't know Surrey can do. I this was mind blowing to me. Okay. They could have used this in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Surrey can flip a coin. Oh, now she's looking at my now she's because you're saying Yeah. Sorry everybody. Yeah. I, I, now <laughs> Hey Siri. I, I didn't know she can calculate your tip. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to use that all the time. Uh you can yep. read articles out loud. You can find other devices. That's wonderful. I and, use that. Uh open yep. your Apple Wallet. I will start using that. I'm actually seeing a movie tonight and I have my tickets in my Apple Wallet, but instead of trying to navigate my phone, I'm just going to say, "Hey Siri, open my Apple Wallet." And then translate. That seems like science fiction stuff, Dan. Yeah, the translation stuff is cool. I use that sometimes on the HomePod when I'm trying to think of a word. Like, oh, hey, how do you say this in, like, Spanish or in French or something like that? But, yeah, it can do translation stuff. I mean, there's a whole Translate app on the uh, iPhone, and there has been for a few years now that has some handy, um, like, features in it that let you do conversation modes and things like that. Um, Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, it does do translation on the fly. I can't, you know, guarantee how idiomatic all those translations are i think that's always one risk with computer-borne translations but oftentimes it's better than nothing right right so there's all those wonderful things it can do let's talk for a second about what it can't do and i end up actually getting in a fight with you know the s dog and mostly it's when i want to make a call and i will say call so and so and it will call somebody who has none of the same letters as the person I asked them to call. Is there an upgraded version or something where they can I actually understand your I think you have to learn her saying? language. Yeah, like it's, I, it's called enunciate. Well, <laughs> well no. If, if I, well, there's that. I, I, when I say, like, I'm going to call Nicole Genovese, but she'll say, I, I say Nicole Genovese to my phone because that's what the phone call ends up calling her. They read it, they read it as a computer more literally than with... Any kind of there is, in fact, I will tell you this, Julie, you might be interested. There is a way you can teach 
Siri, how to pronounce a person's Stop name correctly. Stop it. That's Tell terrifying. Us. Yes. Tell us immediately. Well, it's so, <laughs> yeah, so basically you can tell, you basically bring up Siri and you say, um, there's a couple ways to do this, but like uh, one example is say you're pronouncing this name, you're pronouncing the name, say the name wrong, and then it will ask you how to pronounce the name and it will give you oftentimes options to sound like to what it says like. But I think you can also say things like learn how to pronounce the name and then it will ask you again how to pronounce that name. Because I've run into that. There are definitely. How do you get to that? You kind of learn. Yeah, you just, you tell, you do it directly into Siri, basically. Yeah, you say like, pronounce, (laughs) like learn how to pronounce this name. So, yeah, I mean, I think she's mad at me. She's she's mad at me and not answering my (laughs) questions right now. So, you know, there was a time years and years ago before they had separated out the voice that it used from the language it spoke. So if you set you, if you wanted to like have Siri be British, you'd have to set your entire like phone to be like Siri to be British. And what I discovered at that point was Siri's recognition of my voice went really down because it expected me to also be speaking in a British accent, which is kind of fun it, and it would listen better, which was yeah, hilarious, th- this but it doesn't to do me. that anymore. Yeah. I, I switched my phone to an Irish Siri uh, <laughs> because I love that accent. It's one of my favorite accents and, um, and it's great, but yeah, her pronunciation of pretty much everything uh, is a little off, but I love it. I think it's great. Right. I mean, and that's that's just the way it's pronounced oftentimes in those accents. So that is, but I definitely get sometimes. But I think there is also something to be said about learning how to talk to the assistant just in terms of like what, how to like formulate a query or formulate a command so that it will get things right. Because I will still frequently ask it to play, you know, play this song or something and it'll think I'm talking about like a movie or something with the same name. And I have to play, say, play the song. This the title of the song. Yeah, and then um, she says, "Don't get snippy with me, Mister." <laughs> yeah, channeling so, my mom. Um, I have seen, <laughs> I have seen three D printers in action, and I find it amazing, and I don't understand it. So I don't, and I don't really have any use. I don't think, but there is uh, somebody who got one, an expensive one, like four grand, and it was able to make chocolate edible chocolate now we're talking about a printer that can produce food or am i misreading this the well inedible chocolate is the worst kind of chocolate and a band name it's a band name in any circumstance so this is not this is specifically a 3d printer designed to print chocolate it's not you can't just load chocolate in any 3d printer (laughs) let's be clear don't do that um but it is essentially a way to print like this is fancy designs and stuff. And like at root cause, there's no reason that, you know, this is not something that's totally crazy. Like it is something that makes a lot of sense based on the way that 3D printers use, which is like they use like a form of resin generally that is then heated and cooled as it's printed into specific shapes. And mainly like the 3D aspect of it is built on top of each other. And there's like a little arm that goes around and does it. Now you could use any sort of, in theory, like formulated material that would work, um, you know, sufficiently for this. I think I've seen, there was like a 3D printed pizza somebody had like years ago, Whoa. which is more of a gimmick. But, you know, in theory, again, anything you can load in there can be distributed. It's just got to be the right sort of consistency and everything. Um, this is, I was looking at this because I had seen this around. and it, It's really impressive the shapes and stuff it can make. And I imagine there are probably a lot of like, you know, maybe um, 
you know, bakeries or like professional shops where they might use this if they were like, say, making cakes or making chocolates for like customers and stuff like this. It's not going to be a thing that most of us have in our old, in our own homes. Um, I, you know, again, I think at the same time, you, you also have to ask stuff like how good is the chocolate they're using? That's my top question. Uh, I was curious and they use mainly stuff with like palm oil base, which is not as good as like the stuff with cocoa butter. So you like, you're kind of, they suggest you can use your own chocolate, but you're just going to take you some trial and error to find out the right formulation so that it actually works correctly. Um, so to me, this is a, a sort of something with a very niche usage to it. Like really, if you are a professional doing this kind of thing, and this is something that's going to like enable you to, you know, offer something to your customers, then that's great. But you know, most of us aren't going to be fooling around with a $4,000 printer just to print chocolate. But I will say, go look at the pictures online. Like they have one where they like 3d printed like a rose out of chocolate and it's very cool looking. Yeah, that is amazing. But if you got to start with chocolate to make chocolate, what's the point? Just keep the chocolate. Well, because yeah. it can make impressive. It doesn't make the thing. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, it's more about Less. the designs it puts the out. Art. I can see going to a high-end restaurant and paying $75 for this crazy-looking bouffant chocolat that they would sell to people. Look at you. Because of their uh, printers in the back, you know? Yeah. And they'll, they'll get cheaper, right? That's the thing. Is like these are these are probably sort of first generation things. So um, you can get apparently a DIY kit for fifteen hundred. So cheaper. I thought it was like push a button and out comes a Snickers bar. Never mind. That's called a vending. You got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Like like Einstein said, you can't destroy or create chocolate. You can only change forms. I'm crushed. All right, what's the, what's the pronouncement on this? Wise. W-Y-Z-E. Yeah, W-Y-Z-E. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, part of the whole security thing, the ring doorbell and this and this and this. And apparently, I don't know if it's a intentional or otherwise, but for some reason customers were saying, wow, I'm getting the shot from somebody else's WISE camera. And they're like, hey, it's a glitch. It was a dozen people. No, it wasn't. It's up to 13,000 people at this point. That's my favorite part of that story is Wise says, yeah, it was a glitch. I'm sorry about that. You know, I don't know if 13, 14 people had it for just a second. Don't don't worry about it. And then a week later, okay, it was 30,000 people. Missed it by much. It's funny. I actually got uh, got an email from them because I've bought some products from them in the past. Uh, but it's my account was not affected. So I, but I did get the like, he, like this happened here. Heads up. Oh, I've seen um, it. So what happened? House, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. I, I only have one I of love these that shirt. in operation, right? <laughs> I only have one of these in operation right now. And it's the, I have like a doorbell from them. So it's at least facing outside my house. Um, I, this is the bigger concern here for me is this is not the first time wise has had a security issue. Um, this happened a couple of years ago, which is when I stopped using some of their products at the time, which was they, they did a they had a really bad response to a security problem maybe two years ago. Um, now, the thing about Wise is they make really cheap uh, smart home equipment, which has been their big draw, like cameras that you would buy from other companies. They're like one hundred and fifty bucks or two hundred bucks. They often sell competing ones for like eighty or ninety. Um, so they are much cheaper in terms of their components. But I think what you're starting to see is like perhaps that frugality is costing them on the other side because they don't seem to be doing a good job of maintaining their security. In this particular case, there were, they said, 13,000 people who essentially saw a, 
you know, you opened up your app and it shows you little thumbnails of your cameras and they saw thumbnails that were not from their cameras, uh, which is not great. Um, you know, at least they were static images for what that's worth. Uh, apparently about 1,500 people tapped on those and were then able to see either an enlarged thumbnail and in some cases a video. <laughs> uh, also bad. So they blame this on a third-party um, piece of software that they had integrated uh, that basically freaked out when they had a lot of devices that went offline and then came back online at the same time. Uh, and they have said that they are going to add more verification before watching videos in the future. That said, again, this is the second time in a couple of years that they have had a, a big problem with this kind of security issue, and it does not give me a lot of confidence in them. So I think it's one of those things that reminds you that when you get stuff at a good price, you know, like it seems too good to be true, yeah, oftentimes worth considering what sort of shortcomings that may involve. So these thumbnails, are they of physical neighbors or could it be somebody across the country? I think it's they were random. I don't think it was anything geographic based. I think essentially it was just uh, someone else's camera somewhere. Wow. Terrifying. Terrifying. What do you play yeah, with? It's funny. I had it. I had a story about this years ago that was actually a much lower tech version, which is a friend who um, was telling me about somebody they knew who picked up a baby monitor and turned it on and seen like a hand like reaching out over the baby. And it turned out it was just in a radio frequency one, but it was close enough to their next door neighbors that it was picking up their monitor. So even with lower tech things, these kind of things can happen. It's just the scale ends up being much bigger in these cases. Playing with anything new we should know about? Um, not at present. Uh, there's some stuff I'm trying to get my hands on and, and sort of give a rundown, but I haven't had a chance recently. I've been, um, engaged in other enterprises. So hopefully I'll find some new stuff to play with soon. All right. Well, let us know when you find something fun. Will do. All right. Thanks, Dan. Sixcolors.com. That's where you get the skinny on everything tech. Did you guys now? You guys didn't chime in on this. Did you think that rice helps dry out your phone, or am I alone again? Well, once I haven't had like, like Dan said, I haven't had to worry about that with any newer iPhones. They're all waterproof, so right. It was kind of a, an issue that we had a decade ago. So I mean, I wouldn't have had a a reason to put any phones in any rice for a while. Yeah, it's just I think I have done that in, in the past in a panic. Yeah, totally. I think we all probably have. Yeah, and apparently that's that's not what you do. But you can, you know, go to the deep end and make phone calls underwater, apparently. Not recommended, by the way. Not recommended. 227, um, from the world of business, I don't know if you know what happened overnight, but chances are in your wallet... You have either a Capital One card or you have a Discover credit card. And yesterday, Capital One said, we like Discover. We're going to buy it. $35 billion deal. What is this going to mean for us? I have no idea. But Mark Remillard from ABC will join us. 
to chat about it. Well, the I know deal I've is great for Capital One because they're going to get 35 cents cash back. Yeah. It's, every purchase. It's, in, it, it's, it's what's in my wallet, but I've only got a spending limit of $4. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you go to delmargardens.com, what you will find is, first of all, a bunch of stuff. Career opportunities, their history, their mission statement, photos uh, of their facilities, testimonials from residents and residents' family members. They cover a lot of ground. Give me a minute here. Long-term care and skilled rehab, retirement living, assisted living, home health care, respite care, specialized care for units for those suffering from Alzheimer's and related dementias, hospice care, palliative care, private duty, respiratory therapy, wellness programs, specialized wound management, and early childhood centers and a pharmacy. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Making people's lives better since 1965. Find out more about them online, delmargardens.com. I know what that means. It's time to check the roads. And for that, we turn to trusty Paul Kopsky in the KTRS Traffic Center. Okay, thank you, Julie. The roadways are running mostly clear right now. A stalled vehicle on southbound 270 past Dorset is blocking the right lane. Road work on 270 west before McDonald has the right two lanes closed. And there's road work on 270 north at 370 and on 44 west at 141. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. I wasn't sure you were still a captain. He's uh, a captain. Yeah, I Julie, haven't been demoted yet. Julie demoted you. She said the trustee. Paul well, Cotton, he is like, oh, trusty. I guess he's not a he's not a captain anymore. Oh no, I like, didn't can, mean any kind of a slight by that. Would Paul. we get into any kind of trouble for stolen valor? <laughs> well, Captain Crunch didn't. No, so. he's captain. 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 Oh, he's yeah. captain. Is Captain Captain Crunch? He's not Captain. Right. right. Yeah, he's he's Captain Crunch. And I don't think he's stolen valor. <laughs> Band name. Um, yeah. Did so. I have my valor alarm set? You should. What's the party this weekend? Uh, no party for me. I'm working <gasps> uh, doing that. Doing more of that wrestling. Remember? The final wrestling. Take more pictures. In Columbia, Missouri, right? Yeah. The final wrestling. Uh, yeah. Weekend no parties there. <laughs> I'm sure Julie and I are. both spending time in that part of uh, Missouri. Oh, there are parties. No parties there. There, there were parties there, but uh, I'm. Uh, if they carted me at the door, they would laugh at me. And then uh, I think Do you uh, still go to Harpo's and Fieldhouse. And... You know, uh, I go when when I've been to Columbia in recent years. I go to Shakespeare's Pizza. Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of twenty unique. bucks. 20 bucks says Captain Paul finds himself in a toga at a frat house. <laughs> I We hope not, Paul. You know, I think my work schedule won't permit it. I Yeah. You'd oh, be a great me. house dad, like for the young guys, because I think you'd let them have some fun, you know, but not too much fun, and you could keep them in line. I have a completely, <laughs> completely out of left field, no bearing on anything question for Captain Paul. Uh-oh. What's That's your, what we do here. What's your favorite television show of all time? Favorite television show of all time is Two and a Half Men. So oh, we, my gosh. We learned something about Captain Paul. 
Another layer of the onion. I, we just watched an episode of that over the weekend, and my mom watches it every night. Oh, yeah? She mm-hmm. does? Yeah. It's uh Men, 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 men. Yeah. A I've... reason, Max, for the question? Because I feel like we always ask Paul, what are you doing this weekend? And it comes every day we ask him, and I feel like- And he has to repeat the answer. Yeah, and and so we we don't know about Captain Paul. So I want to get to know him, and I feel like favorite color, favorite number- If you were on death row, Paul, what would be your (laughs) last meal? Oh, yeah. We did last. What do you want on your tombstone? Which was was (laughs) steak. So I just like getting to know Paul. And now I know more, because Two and a Half Men is a very insightful- a look at uh, Paul. It's a very bachelory kind of a show. Is that what it says about me? I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's a funny show. Oh yeah. You like Rose? She lives next door. Yeah, she's kind of psycho. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, uh, I'm just confused because by his own admission, Max doesn't watch TV. That's right. So this why is- would that be his gauge about finding out? About a person. Because it, most people do watch television. It's not about finding about me. It's finding about them. Yeah, it's Max Is that why movies. you don't? No. It's not the, it, we're not talking about me. We're talking about other people. Most I people know, but you wouldn't know what to compare it to because you probably didn't see the show that the captain saw. Okay. So you probably don't have a favorite show then, I'm guessing. Who, Jules? Oh, I know. I yeah. Do. do I have a favorite TV show? Hmm. It doesn't have to be current. We know the current ones you like. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to think of one that I, I, well, you know what? I would have to go with, and I know you're going to make fun of me for this. Never. One of the Real Housewives franchises. See, I'm surprised you didn't say Succession or Yellowstone. You love the, or, well, love those the are, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. Succession was, uh, that was fantastic, but it was very short lived. It didn't go long enough. So I don't know. Carney, let's get down to it. What is your favorite show? The important question. It's way back. I would say probably the one that most uh, that was uh, I most look forward to every week, which would be my criteria here. Probably Hill Street Blues. Thursday nights on NBC in the eighties. I think was it Thursday night NBC? Uh, Yeah, that show. That show was the one that, you know, it was appointment television for me more than anything else. So, 84126 is the Michael's Bath text line. If you want to chime in, we'd love to know what you're thinking of. I do have a favorite show, by the way. My favorite television show of all time is Twin Peaks. Okay. It's a good answer. I didn't get it. Mad Men or Breaking Bad? Yes, Mad Men. And if you weren't in the first few rounds of watching that show it you can go back and watch it anytime and it is so that dirty don draper it's so good dirty don draper yeah i'm going back and looking at uh texts from listeners and there's got to be a hundred a hundred and fifty there's a bunch of stuff we didn't address i'm sorry if we didn't get to your questions um, lot of comments, lot of comments, um, and they're all nice. So uh, we'll tell the boss we got a lot of text today, <laughs> and he should go look. Also, cheers! People are chiming in with twenty four. Sure. That was oh, such yeah. a big deal. With a big deal with Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland. Remember when that and Sarah Clark from St. Louis, who used to date John Hamm. Oh my gosh, what? my head is going to explode. 
who starred in Mad Men. Oh my gosh. Twenty four, um, one of the few shows that I own the box set on DVD of every season. I feel like that would not hold up. And somebody else chiming in, you're my spirit animal, Knots Landing. Yes, that was, oh, it was so epic. And I was not supposed to be watching that. I was probably like 11. And I would watch <laughs> that on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. And I thought Gary Ewing was all that. Mm-hmm. I also like Dateline NBC, but don't watch it alone. You know. Good point. Big Bang Theory, Third Rock from the Sun, more faves coming in on the text line. Bob Sopranos. Justified. Entourage. Justified was great. And I again, it's one of those things where I don't know why I stopped. It didn't jump the shark. I just saw something shiny, and that was that. The Knots so. Landing person said, love me some Dirty Don. I'm, I'm glad... You're here to explain that because I had no idea what they were talking about. Don Draper, yeah. Ah, Seinfeld. Nobody mentioned Seinfeld. And that that actually steered modern culture for a while. It did. I mean, it wasn't my jam, but it's amazing how many Seinfeld references are in the modern-day lexicon. The uh, Michael's Bath text line right before we take a break here, 84126, has mentioned my favorite sitcom of all time. That's the Dick Van Dyke Show. Completely holds up. Incredibly funny show. Love all the camaraderie and chemistry on that show. I would be remiss if I did not mention what this person texted in from the 314 King of Queens. I mean, it is always a great go-to, and you can watch it with the entire family. Just, I just think he is so fun. Everybody on that show. Leah Remini's funny. The Grandfather's funny. Patton Oswalt was on that show. Uh, Patton Oswalt was on that show, but Kevin James, I love it. And uh, MASH coming in hot at the last hour. Yes, that was a fantastic show. Friends. Uh, and I know, mm-hmm. Julie, your your dad was not a fan. No, he wasn't a fan of MASH or Seinfeld. He didn't think it was funny. I, I wasn't a Seinfeld fan either. But not because I didn't think it was funny, just because I heard too many stories about what a good person he wasn't. Mm. So that spoiled it a bit. Mark Remillard's going to join us in a bit to talk about the plastic in your wallet or in your purse as uh, Capital One uh, swallows Discover. And I know with other monopolies, like in our industry, it didn't help. No, it didn't. didn't help at all. <laughs> no, it did not. So that way They were all well, excited to tell us all the radio stations, uh, except for a handful, were bought up by big companies. Isn't this great? Yeah, we no. we have one morning show taking two hundred and forty jobs. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, sorry to whine. Two forty-two. We got to sell some stuff. Of course we do. Let's keep the lights on. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Hang on. Carney Show. Welcome back. Saturday. Jeff and Aaron Lapidus, find them in the studio. And for a couple of hours, the phone lines are open, the text lines are open, and you throw your financial questions at them about your 401k, about your Roth, about what you're going to do with your nest egg to keep it or make it grow, and certainly to make sure that it doesn't get smaller because you weren't paying attention. It's free. Why not? Give a call. Saturday mornings on the Big 550 KTRS. It is straight talk on 
retirement. I thought this was adorable. Sultan Kosin and Jota Amji had a reunion in California yesterday. And the pictures are just indescribable. And I will tell you why. Why, John? Salt, Sultan Kosin is eight foot three. Eight foot three. I'm sorry. Eight foot three. Eight foot three. And Jota Amji is two feet tall. Oh. And she's an adult. And the two of them together, it's very interesting. And to put things in perspective, Mr. Kosin's feet is 14.3 inches tall, half the size of Miss Amji. Completely. World's tallest man, world's smallest woman. But they're not so, like romantically involved or anything, right? I don't get involved in other people's personal lives. Yes, you do. I don't I don't think so, but you need to see the pictures. They're pretty pretty amazing. And Miss Amji, uh although all of two feet tall, has one point four million followers on Instagram. Wow. So, yeah. It's uh I hope it pays well. <laughs> what, to be two feet tall? I, mean, I, I don't think know. a lot more a lot more drawbacks than anything else. So uh, I saw it this morning that Capital One is going to buy Discover Financial Services for a mere $35 billion, they had a Groupon, um, which will make it the largest credit card company that's not a bank. And I don't know why. I know nothing of high finance. I don't know why. But this terrifies me. Mark Remillard here from ABC to break it down and either put me at ease or push me off the cliff. Push him. <laughs> push you. Uh, what, what is it that you're terrified of? Two, com- two large companies coming together? Well, just because the monopoly issue in our industry has not been good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big concern. It is. And I think one of the things that shouldn't be overlooked in this is the loss of competition among these two companies. This is not, for example, Amex and Capital One coming together. And yes, they're in the same space, but they attract two completely different clientele. Discover and Capital One really attract the same type of customer. They, whereas Amex is much more focused on like premium credit cards. People pay hundreds of dollars a year to have those credit cards and get access to luxury travel credits and things like that. Discover and Capital One are much more focused on um, uh, accessible credit cards, credit cards that have cashback rewards, modest luxury uh, uh, travel rewards, things like that for consumers who often have lower credit scores, consumers who often carry balances. So now you have these two companies that really did compete against each other coming together. And so you're right, that lack of competition, I think, is a big part of this deal and honestly one of the reasons that it might also face a lot of scrutiny. I can remember when Discover Card first came out when I was in college in the early 1990s and they just put a form on everybody's door in the dorm and I didn't have a job, but magically I had a Discover Card, much to my dad's chagrin. I got in a little trouble for that one because I had 
uh, run that bad boy up in college. I had a good time, but it, it didn't go well for me in the end. <laughs> but now I feel like that's taken quite some time for this to happen. I mean, they've been around a long time now. Yeah. And so, you know, there's probably there's a number of reasons why this is occurring now. I, you know, on one hand, I think the companies would sit there and from the PR angle kind of say, well, we're both, you know, getting something out of this. Right. Like so Discover has one of its one of its key business models is their payment network, which really pales in comparison to like Visa and MasterCard. I mean, you're talking about trillions of dollars across those networks and versus uh, a mere 500 billion dollars which i know is a big number but compared to the payment networks it's it's a distant fourth and so you have that which capital one gets access to then on the other hand discover as it comes under the capital one umbrella capital one's a bigger credit card player so they i think on that end from the public facing standpoint yeah that's that's a potential reason for the merger there's also uh the potential that some regulatory scrutiny that discover has been under is what's prompting this merger uh just recently they actually went into a consent degree this uh, decree with the uh, fdic over some of their regulatory practices and whether they were being compliant with their um, banking procedures they also were um gotten a little bit of a bad pr because they had been overcharging merchants for uh, some of those credit transactions on their network so there's also the thinking that some of this may have been prompted by this regulatory uh, oversight that's been focused on Discover lately. But that regular, regulatory oversight is going to be significant. I mean, think about it. This is going to be a, a banking system that's worth $600 billion in assets. And it comes at a time when in the not too distant past, you know, we had First Republic get sold. We had Silicon Valley Bank collapse. Banking is a key focus for regulators right now. So I think, you know, it still remains to be seen whether or not this will pass that regulatory muster but assuming it does this is a this is a huge merger for the financial industry so to julie's question earlier about why is this happening now have there been changes in laws that that previously may have prohibited something like this happening and now it's opened up you know, no, I haven't seen anything, particularly in the reporting on this, that says that, that, that says that this is prompting it. As I said, I think there's been uh, that, that regulatory scrutiny that Discover is under could prompt that sale. That's part of it. Both these companies getting something out of it, less competition in the market space for their same product. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why these companies would want to merge. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen anything particularly with the, the laws changing that may, uh, may open that up, but I, I suppose that's a possibility. So does this mean Visa and MasterCard are meeting behind closed doors and saying, <laughs> should we get together on this? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think that this might necessarily be prompting that because when you think about it, just like I said, Discover has a really long way to go to really eat into Visa and MasterCard. Uh, like I said, it's orders of magnitude smaller in terms of just Visa alone had uh, has $6.8 trillion of transactions running on its network versus Discover has $550 billion. And so you're talking about, like I said, orders of magnitude smaller, distant fourth. And so... Now, what Capital One says it wants to do is invest in that and grow that and change consumer per perception around it because they say that most consumers don't recognize that Discover is accepted in so many places. So they say they really want to build that up. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think obviously this could change the landscape in the payment industry. But, you know, whether or not this prompts Visa to try and merge with MasterCard, uh, I'm not sure that that's going to be the goal of that. And I also wonder whether or not something like that would pass 
regulatory scrutiny, the two biggest right. companies coming together. That's so true. So what is the biggest change that consumers will actually see or feel when it comes to their credit card? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's obviously if you're a dis- discovery uh, or discover customer, you might obviously move over to Capital One. But if they build that payment network up, you might start seeing that more places or more visible and that might lure consumers in. We'll see. Mark, thanks so much. Either way, I've only got $10 available on either card. Um, Appreciate you checking in. And uh, everybody else, thanks for checking in. It's unbelievable the amount of texts we got today. On the Michael's Bass text line. I feel the love. We'll get together tomorrow and ride on the elevator. People saying, hey, when are you giving something away? Well, tomorrow. Soon enough for you. Also, visit with Johnny Londoff and some of the legal stories of the day with our Johnny Law segment, too. Joshy in the other room. I think Heidi's back, so she'll be uh, on with him. We're back at noon next time. This is KTRS St. Louis. For Julie Max, I'm John Carney. Thank you for listening. Be good to each other. Bye.